0: now. All right. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. In fact, it, Jill, could you stand up real quick? Just stand up and turn around real quick. There you go. See that, uh, that ref outfit? I offered her $50 for me to write Patriots on the back of it. But anyway, now I'm just teasing. I love all y'all Patriots fans. But uh, anyway, there's one thing I have learned. It's an immutable truth about football. The Alabama Crimson Tide and the New England Patriots somehow find a way I don't know and I got to live with a Bama fan amen and uh, it was bad at my house I wanted the dogs to win all that anyway let me get on with this message today the Lord has laid on my heart now let me give credit where credit is due I believe in that Dr. Tony Evans great man of God I heard him a couple years ago in Nashville Tennessee I was privileged to hear him speak and man he done a phenomenal job matter of fact dr evans is um he used to be the chaplain for the dallas cowboys west you'd like him and uh his son actually played professional football dr evans is just tremendous man of god and i don't know if he wrote the message while he was the chaplain but he used a tremendous analogy of the football team and so i borrowed some of that analogy that i would use today and I have decided to call this message Official Review. Right. Official Review. As you know, that'll happen several times during the Super Bowl, and the Patriots will win it. No, I'm, only- <laughs> I'm, I'm just messing with y'all. Again, I don't have a horse in the race, but I just couldn't help myself, so y'all forgive me. But anyway... Uh, Dr. Evans is from Texas and he told, so it just, it just hit me so bad. He said, Because Texas is so big and everything in Texas seems to be big. And so he said, um, I, I, You know, I want to stay humble. Matter of fact, Tim McGraw, I don't know if he wrote the song, but he sang the song talking about stay humble and kind. I like that song. He said, But there was a Texas rancher. He said, I don't want to be like him, but this Texas rancher, It was hard for him to be humble. Being from Texas to start with, he always bragged about himself and he found reasons to brag about himself and he made venues to brag about himself. And then one day he traveled to Europe. And while he was in Europe, he met a European farmer. And he could not help himself, he just, you know, it was a wonderful opportunity to brag. And so, this European farmer invited him to his farm, and he asked the European farmer, he said, how big is your farm? Because he knew in the back of his mind, if he asked him, it would trigger the question, and he would ask him how big his ranch in Texas was. So, the European farmer said, well, my farm is about 20 acres. He said, well, how about you? Sure enough, he asked him, how how about your ranch in Texas? And he cleared his throat, throat) he said, well... Let me just say like this, I get up in the morning when the sun rises, and I get in my pickup truck, and I drive, and that evening when the sun sets, I haven't reached the end of my ranch. A European farmer looked at him and said, yeah, I had a truck like that once too. <laughs> hey. Stay humble. Stay kind. So... um, Today I want to talk with you about the church. And I want to liken the church to the officials, if you will. we got a few of them running around here, um, you know. And I, I want to use that analogy that Dr. Uh, Evans did about the football team. And he said simply this, on the field, that there are three teams that gather. Two of those teams are in opposition of each other. They ain't never going to see things eye to eye. As a matter of fact, let's just use the Patriots on the one hand and the Eagles on the other. They come to the field today in Minnesota, and they are opposing each other. In their hype videos, they've opposed each other. As they tweet and all the things that they do, they oppose each other. They've watched film, and they've decided how they can best oppose the other team. So they're never going to get together because they have different goals in mind. So they ain't never going to get on the same page. There's going to be a clash. And in the middle of these two opposing teams, there is a third team, and it's called the officials. They have stepped onto the field in order to bring chaos or bring rather order to uh, this chaos because there is a chaotic time because these teams are opposing each other and they're doing everything they can to get this guy's quarterback to knock down that pass, to block this, to, you know, tackle this runner. And the officials have come on the field to bring order to what is otherwise chaos. Now, the officials are to be on the field, but not of the field. They're not supposed to have patriot underwear or eagle's underwear. Are y'all with me? I'm just saying. They are supposed to be there unbiased and unpartial without having a horse in the race to call it just like they see it. In matter of fact, there is another deal, and we'll talk about that. It's called NFL Headquarters, and we'll get there. These nine officials take this field to bring order to the crisis, and they're on the field but not over the field, and they're in the midst of chaos, but they're not supposed to be part of the chaos because the officials belong to another kingdom. They belong to the NFL whose offices are located in the 300 block of Park Avenue in New York. Sitting behind the executive chair is the commissioner, Roger Goodell who has representatives on all the fields of play all over the country. He has representatives there. 32 teams have a representative from the kingdom office in New York whose job it is to represent the kingdom up there on the field down there. That's what's supposed to be happening, the kingdom up there represented on the field down here. Each official has a book. In this book are all the governing guidelines by which decisions are to be made on the, play of the, on the field of play. The officials don't get to set their own rules. They don't get to set their own agenda. They have been handed a book from the field office or from the, 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 the kingdom up there in the 300 block of New York from the commissioner. And this book establishes how every call is supposed to be made. They understand that there will be calls, you can bet, for which they will be booed. And there will be calls for which they will be cheered. But they understand uh, explicitly that this is not a popularity contest. They're there to make decisions on the field based on the book that they have received from the kingdom above. Are you with me? The moment that the officiating crew stops using the book and joins either team, they have added further chaos to the field. The challenge before us today in the church world is that we live in a divided culture. We are divided racially, we're divided politically. We're divided by class, rich and poor, and we're divided by all kinds of things. And in the middle of this madness, God has placed this third team called the church in the middle of a chaotic world that is filled with racism and bias and prejudice and everything else. God has sent us down here with a book, a book that represents the kingdom up there on earth down here. And Jesus Christ is the head of the church and we are members in particular of his body. And we are to represent here what their will is up there. A number of years ago, the officials of the NFL went on strike and they were replaced by other officials who did not know the book Quite like they knew the book, and further chaos came to the field, and people were mad and they were uh, beside themselves, and they turned their televisions off and they stopped buying tickets. Why? Because these officials were not in the book. The way I mean, I mean they were quick pickup officials that somebody just so we can play the game. But what's the sense in playing the game if you can't play by the rules of the book? Because if anything goes, how do you know who wins? You see, and then it's really starting to strike close now. You, see, you might want to buckle your seatbelt and thicken your skin just a little bit because we're going to get a little tough this morning. So uh, these officials now, they're not like those officials because they don't know the book the way the real officials knew the book. So how is it now, if the church represents the officials, how can we have all these churches on all these corners with all these preachers, with all these denominations and all of these schisms and all of these schisms and this and that and the other and so much bias and so much culture and so much racism and this and that and the other and we can't get together on earth and somehow think we're gonna be good enough to get together in heaven. I've got a sneaky suspicion that all of us ain't playing by the rules of the book. So what we need to know today, I believe what we need to know is that uh, you've got to understand this. The church exists on earth for the official business of the kingdom of heaven. We exist here today not to have another country club and a sweet, soothing time together and have another latte, although we have been labeled as such because we have a coffee bar, all we do, you know. I get sick of hearing that mess. I say, come and see. I say, come and see. If we're in the book, stay. If we ain't, find another one that is. But don't give me the excuse that, that well, we just don't do it my way. I mean, I ain't here to do it your way. I'm here to do it his way and stay in his book, amen? Because that's all that's gonna matter when I get to the other side. He's gonna hold up his book. So now, the church exists on planet Earth to do the will of God, the will of heaven down here on Earth. Now, I know we've got it all mixed up because we feel like heaven exists to make us comfortable here. I wanna tell you something. We are pilgrims passing through. This is not our home. Man, I need both services to preach this. Without the realization, so why is it important to know that, Pastor? Without the realization, uh, without this knowledge that we exist to represent uh, the kingdom of God on earth, without that knowledge, then we think it's all about our comfort. We think it's all about our joy, all of this, and uh, let me take you, I got to read a passage of scripture and then I got to launch this thing somehow. In, in, in Matthew chapter number 16, 13 through 20, let me read these words that Jesus said. I want you to understand this is a very, very critical text because it is the first time that Jesus, or the Bible, period, mentions the church, the ecclesia. The law of first mention is very important in theology. The first time something gets mentioned, and so, let me just read it. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, and others say, uh, uh, still other, uh, excuse, others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus said, but who do you say? Who do you say I am? So, so listen, what, what Jesus is asking, I, I don't... Care about what the world says about me. I want to know about what my own team thinks about me. You know, it doesn't matter to me if they think I'm the Messiah, if they think I'm Elijah, John the Baptist, or somebody else, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. It doesn't matter. But who do you, the guys I've handpicked from the Sea of Galilee and from the area, who do you think I am? Isn't that amazing that God would have to ask his own disciples, that Jesus would have to ask us, who do you, you've been going to church for 20 years, but who do you think I am? Hello? But he says, who do you think I am? Simon Peter answered him. He said, "Uh, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. Now, he's already got a promotion. You know why? His name Simon meant pebble. Peter meant stone. He done got a promotion from a stone or uh, from a pebble to a stone. Now, watch this. We go a little further. He said, Simon, in other words, pebble uh, you know, of, of Jonah, is not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. I tell you that you are Peter. That is stone. And on this rock. I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. A little further. And I will give unto you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, watch this, so that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. I told you that we are the embassy of heaven, that we are here to represent the kingdom of God up there while we are down here. I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. So Jesus' words, you are my leader. And, and I'm asking you something. He says, um, and he tells Simon Peter something though. He, he, he goes beyond this and he says, you are Peter. And upon this rock. So we have a pebble and then a stone and then a rock. And if you study what Jesus is saying is I'm going to take the pebbles and I'm going to take the stone and I'm going to take all of these little ones and I'm going to meld all these together. I'm going to meld them together and build a rock. Are you serious? Yes I'm serious. That's what he's saying. It's not just you Peter. Yes you will preach the premier message on the day of Pentecost but there will be scores of others. It's not just the but it's other churches everybody who names the name of Jesus Christ and follows the book the key is following the book well let let me move on so he says I say to you Simon Peter and a a rock he's saying "Uh, I know that the world said this but I want to know what you say and he says you are a great leader but I'm going to take you and here's what I want to tell you church We don't exist for our own luxuries. And we don't exist to make me great. We don't exist to make our name, the Harbor Worship Center, great. We exist to make his name great. We exist to create leaders more and more and send them here and send them there. I hate it when people leave, but what God tells me is send them out and let them carry my book around the world. Wow. So, so let me get on with this. Man, time has a way of getting by. So, so uh, he says, it's a collection of stones hewn together, many preachers, many Christians, many churches. Well, I, heard, I alluded a moment ago to how we got this one over here and this one. I'm telling you, we got so many churches now, and the problem is we ain't on the same page. This one don't agree with that one, so they get mad and take five people and go build another church. And if they can't afford to build another church, they rent somewhere until they get, and I'm not knocking church growth. I'm not knocking genuine church growth. But when you get ticked off with your leader and take five families and go do something else, how do you all of a sudden get unity out of division? Hello? So listen, I'm not speaking of something I don't know. I've been in this thing a long time. And you know what? The, the higher you go and the, and the further you go and the more effective you are for the kingdom, the more criticized you're going to be. You just let me say this: If you desire, one of the first things we told our 20 leaders that joined the Harbor Leadership Academy is, you better get some thick skin, because the first thing people are going to start picking on you. You a teacher's pet because you join. You just want to hang with the staff. Hello, and, and you'll hear it. It's only going to get worse. Second Peter First Peter two and four. Here's something that I, I like about this. It just really hits me. He says, as as you come to him, the living stone, this is Peter talking, rejected by men. You remember the stone which the builders rejected has became the chief of the corner. But chosen and precious in God's sight, you also are like living stones are being built into a spiritual house. That's what I'm saying God has taking every pebble, every stone, every rock. He said, I want to meld you together. If I can get you all in the same book. he said uh, to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ the spiritual house is the church of which Christ is the head so what is it that I need you to do today I'm glad you asked I need you to be the embassy of heaven here on earth let me help you understand this if you go to anywhere in the world say you're in the Middle East and uh you decide to go to the American embassy. Let's say that this little square out here, this four foot by eight deal is the American embassy. There's gates all around it but when I walk through the gate, I could be in Lebanon, I could be uh, in Iraq, I could be in Syria, it doesn't matter but as soon as I cross the threshold and I cross into the gate, I have come into American territory. I am on sovereign U.S. soil. You you, you got that? In other words, inside this embassy, nothing in Libya matters to me. I am protected. I am an American. This is our embassy. This is our ambassadors on foreign soil. And what I'm saying is this little area is a little bit of America in Iraq, or in Syria, or in Lebanon. And what God has called us to be is ambassadors for Jesus Christ. And the church is to be a little bit of heaven down here on this earth. You see, we are, he says, you know, here's what Jesus said, pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Paul said, I beseech you as ambassadors of Christ. That little bit of heaven here, that is why the church is supposed to be a little bit of heaven a long way from home. That is what the local church said. And then Jesus said this concerning our little embassy, the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No matter we're barraged and besieged by all the people around us, he said, there ain't nothing they can do because the church is a little bit of heaven on earth. The problem is this, that, that having said that, how are we so dysfunctional? I'm not talking about just the harbor. I'm talking about the church period. My goodness. Well, let me try to tie it up. and. I promise I'll try to go fast. He said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he says, guess what? I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So with every dilemma, with everything that faces the church, you and I have a key of access. Woo, woo. Do you understand that? We, we have access. We have access. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. How, how do you know if I'm in the right church? That's a good question I need to ask to a bunch of you. How do I know I'm in the right church? That's what Camden County would like to ask a bunch of you if you go to this church or another church or whatever. How do you know you're in the right church? If heaven is winning... And hell is losing. Hello? I'm not just saying that you're growing because cancer grows. I understand that. But I'm simply saying if we are advancing the kingdom of heaven here on this earth. If we are truly the embassy of the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. Hell is losing. and People are being born, born into the kingdom of God. <laughs> I had a pastor ask me a year or two ago. We started growing substantially. He said, Pastor, all them people go to that church saved? I said, I sure hope not. <laughs> you know, I, I do, because somebody needs to be bringing some lost people. If we're all saved, it's just another club. I mean, I don't want you to stay here and stay lost, but I want lost people here every time we open the doors. We live for lost people. God gave me a key and power and authority and entry into a lost and dying world. And I refuse to play the game of most churches. Did I say I did say that. I don't care to just sing three of this song or that song and I don't care. I, listen, there's so much criticism as whether it's traditional songs or whether you pay a baby grand or a keyboard or you got lights or you don't man just get in the book are we in the book or not if we're not leave find somewhere that is preaching the whole gospel of Jesus Christ and get in there and do something for the kingdom of God let me say this because some of you think that Washington DC will one day fix our problem by the way that's not God's way and according to Ephesians 3 and 10 God says that he works through his church y'all hold on to me because I'm not ignorant I understand we have Democrats we have Republicans we have independents we have this supporter and that supporter but I want to tell you something we are the embassy of heaven here on the earth when we walk through the gates we represent God Washington is not going to fix our problem Democrats are not going to fix our problem Republicans are not going to fix our problem. The last president cannot fix our problem. Our current president cannot fix the problem, and our future president cannot fix the problem. We, the church, are here to fix the problem. And the reason there's so much angst and jealousy and bias and secularism and segregation in the world is because so many churches still let it go on. Yeah, churches tolerated. And let me tell you something. Did you know something? I want to tell you when the church rose up. You remember the last time the church really rose? You remember the civil rights movement when Dr. King? The church got involved. The church led the way in that deal. And I'm telling you, God says the church is the answer to the problem. It will not be a politician. Let me say this. Still got churches that say, Well, we don't want black folks, and then got some that say, We don't want white folks, and maybe they won't say it, but they don't know, you know, so maybe they won't say it about black or white or Asians or whatever. But the truth of the matter is, we are all governed by the same book, we're created by the same God. And until we can get that bias, let me go a step further. I've told our last two overseers, Man, Lord, help me right here, but I'm going south georgia the only place in south georgia to have a black district and a white district is this area i'm the overseer of the white district huh arthur dawson overseer of the black district i think it's a bunch of bull i told both overseers i'll surrender period and not be a district overseer and support somebody else or i will at your request whatever i'll lead both it don't matter to me but it is time for us to get on the same page and do kingdom work I've done past the, the, the area of jealousy about that position. I don't have to be the district overseer. It doesn't matter to me. It's just a little bit more work. Well, a lot more work than sometimes. But the bottom line is the kingdom of God. And until the church rises up, and is the church as we should be, and the church fixes a bunch of this junk, how can we expect? You see, we're supposed to pastor the culture not the culture pastor us we're supposed to be setting it why do you think paul the apostle said let, let me read this i got man i need to hurry Paul said this, dare any of you have a matter against another? Dare you go before the law of the unrighteous and not before the saints? Do you not know the saints will judge the world? And if the world be judged by you, you are unworthy to judge the smallest matters. Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more of these things that pertain to life? Well, he says we can't even fix our own problems. It starts in the church. Matter of fact, there's another scripture. Thank you, Holy Ghost. If judgment begins, it begins at the house of God we're supposed to be setting the example stand, stand with me time is getting by Lord have mercy we got to pray the church is the only one that's got the keys to it the schoolhouse don't have it the white house don't have it the republicans don't have it the democrats don't have it the church has the keys we have the authority we have the access we don't go to the secular world to fix our problems huh? you know what secular means right Any, anything not rooted in the book Rudy, people talk about y'all have secular music. Nope, all the music we play is rooted in the book. You might not like it. Chasing me down, we sort of get that boogie on, man, I love our black folks. The only thing is they get down with them. White people can't clap on beat. We, I mean, that's why we need each other. Hello? But we get together, and y'all make up for our differences, and then we'll make up for your differences. We have been given kingdom authority on the earth. We have a book. We have the rules, and God is on our side. Let me say this, and I, I promise I gotta go. There's a young couple who just got married. They're on the honeymoon. They're headed to their honeymoon. At night, coming around a curve, and heels, head-on collision with a big truck. Truck just keeps on. They turn and roll. They're knocked out, both of them. Finally. Young man wakes up and he looks over and his precious young wife is bleeding profusely He somehow manages to get her out of the car and he's holding her And he's looking and there's nobody inside what am I going to do And he looks and in the distance he sees a sign that says doctor At the bottom of a long driveway And somehow hurting as he was he grabbed his young wife And he, he struggled and struggled and he got to that driveway And somebody made his way to the top of the hill And in the middle of the night he knocked on that door and, and, and it took a few times, but an old man come to the door. He said, I see you're a doctor. I've had an accident. My wife is severely hurting. The old man said, son, I quit practicing many years ago. He said, I, I just don't do that no more. And I've gotten old and I just, I just don't do like I used to do. I'm sorry, I can't help you. The young man said, I have one piece of advice for you then. Either start doing it or take down the sign. And I'm telling the church, it is time for us to be the officials on the field of this earth and start doing it or take down the side. Here's what I want to tell you in response to what I've heard many times. I've heard people say, well, you just don't understand the way we do it at our church. I've heard this church say, we don't, you don't understand our people. You don't understand our culture in the midst of this and that and the other. Here's what I want to say. midst of chaos in the midst of cultural difference I, I listen I'm not ignorant I understand that we have different backgrounds different upbringings and all this but here's what I want you to understand love transcends everything listen to me it transcends hatred it transcends bigotry it transcends bias and racism and indifference here's what the Holy Spirit said to me love is like a tear And I don't care if it's a Chinese man, a Japanese, a Hindu, a Buddhist, a black, a white, or whatever. When you and I see a tear roll out of somebody's eye and down their cheek, I don't care what language you were, what is your origin, I don't care where you were. You understand the hurt, you see it on their face. Tears are a language that is universal and we get it. We understand and I tell you this we can love them I don't care where they come from and love transcends all of it So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to tell you this people Here's what my dream for the harbor is That we be God's church don't you ever let anybody tell you this is a white church or a black church. It is not. I've even tried to refrain from, when I say something about a person, I don't want to say a black person or a white person. Just say a person. And, and, and that, re, as well for Latinos or whoever, none of us are better than each other. We are called by God to be his elect. And if the church won't be the church. We will never fix this problem in America. Let me me say this. Here's what will happen if we get unified. 19 men, September the 11th of 2001, 19 men serving a false god got unified and came to America and crashed airliners into the World Trade Center into a field in Pennsylvania into our Pentagon and change the way we travel the rest of our life Nowadays, I, I was on airline this past week. You take your shoes off. You take your belt off and you Gone to Guatemala and Mike can tell you take your pants off your clothes. I mean everything Because things are different because 19 men got unified and literally changed the world two percent of our population redefined marriage for an entire nation if the church got unified what could we do in this world father in the name of Jesus I pray for these people I pray for the harbor right here I pray for people coming Lord that they would come saying I'm not just coming to a popular church. I'm not just coming to a pretty place. But I'm coming to an embassy of heaven on earth. I'm coming to be with somebody who is an ambassador for Jesus Christ while we live on this earth. We are pilgrims passing through. It's not our home. I pray, God, that you would give us the mentality that we are God's church. We live by his book. And we play by His rules, not our own. That means sometimes I'm offended because the Word of God says this, but I can't change it. I cannot bend the book to me. I have to form myself and surrender myself to what the book says, whether I like it or not. So in the name of Jesus, touch your people today in the name of the lord give the lord a big hand of praise which is our host came.